630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. World Series starts tomorrow. Arizona has scored to go up 7-0 on Dallas two minutes into the second quarter. This afternoon in the NFL, Kansas City beating Buffalo 26-17 to improve to 5-1. The Bills fall to 4-2 in half an hour. The Double E Football Team Coaches Show with Morley Scott and Scott Milanovic. You can text or call. It's the same number, 780-496-0063. Follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email inside sports at 630 Com. Got a text here to six three to uh, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Who uh, this texter says, uh, "Hey Reed, looks like the NHL is going to have a shortened season. At what point should fans just reject the shortened seasons? To me, it delegitimizes that season as the players aren't going through the same arduous journey that they had to in other years. Forty eight games in hockey might be entertaining, but it doesn't truly determine." the best teams over 82 games to be in the playoffs. Interesting text there uh, coming into the text line as we welcome Brendan Escott to the show. Brendan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. It's almost like we uh, just spoke to each other not that long ago. Well, I appreciate you checking in tonight after a hard work uh, doing sports and producing Bob's show. That, that's an interesting text I got tonight. I mean, most of the, well, all the discussion about the NHL next season is that it clearly won't be 82 games. I've I've never really I hear that occasionally from a listener or from a fan that there's a certain number of games we're used to seeing and that's how the season works. But I think if you look at baseball, they played 60 games instead of 162. Like if now pandemic aside, we know why they had to do it. But really, it's kind of a travesty to play only 60 games when you're used to going to 162. But I think as we've seen, you get into the playoffs and you have two exciting league championship series and whoever wins the World Series is going to be the best team under those circumstances. So I don't really buy it that there's the the championship for that year or the champion that year is going to be tarnished because there are circumstances that led to fewer games. That's how I've always looked at it. Yeah, I agree entirely on that front. And, you know, if baseball is willing to, that was... Let's get this clear. I don't think that hockey is going to sacrifice the same percentage of games that uh, baseball had this season. You know, I don't think we're going to see a drop off from 82 to 35. I think we're going to see probably, you know, 60 or something along those lines, which in reality, Reed, I think the players, some of them, not all of them, but some of them have probably been a little bit more interested in maybe a fewer games and a little less wear and tear on the body anyway. So I think this is a good opportunity for all of the leagues out there to say, okay, there's no status quo for us at this point. Why not experiment a little bit? And look at what the MLB has done with just bringing the designated hitter rule over to the National League. Like, I think there's a real good shot that that sticks moving forward through the years. So if you blow it up and, and look at it from 30,000 feet, yeah, there might be one year with an asterisk in the minds of some, um, but in reality, this could actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe improve the product a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, will there be rule changes or modifications that, that come out of this? I think you make a good observation about baseball. I don't know if we're going to. Well, I, here's the thing. I wonder. I wonder if hockey is. I, I wonder once we get back to 82 games, if hockey might possibly stick with 
doubleheaders in a city. Because I think if they play this year, there will be some form of series. And we've talked about this a lot. Edmonton goes to Vancouver. They play Monday and Wednesday, or they play Monday and Tuesday, right? Or maybe even they play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. I wonder if they might keep that up in hockey, where if the Oilers got to go to California twice in a year, they they play instead of going twice, they play all six games in a, in ten days. They go L.A. Anaheim, L.A. Anaheim, up to San Jose for two. That could come out of this in hockey, just to cut down on the travel. Now, maybe it's not as interesting to have the same team in your building two games in a row, but I wonder to ease the travel and less travel keeps players healthier. Maybe that comes out of the scheduling from the NHL this year. You got to figure it's it's one of the major, if not you know, aside from salaries, the major expense as far as NHL teams go is that constant travel and and flying back at two o'clock in the morning just so you can practice at home the next morning. And you know, these are all the little kinds of things that we've just sort of grown to accept in in hockey, certainly. And and again, you can expand that to all sports, really. So um, I don't necessarily think that we should be negatively looking at. Uh, the changes that are going to be made here. And, and the fact of the matter is that they can always sort of reboot something that they've, they've done. But, you know, if they're starting in January, Reed, I don't, again, I say, I don't think they need to shave that much off of the schedule and then they can still get everything sort of, uh, you know, balled up and, and with a nice little bow on it and have it all done and back on schedule for 2021-22, which I imagine is going to be a priority when you factor in the Seattle fr- um, expansion franchise there as well. So, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, this is, this is an interesting time, and I think that we've just sort of swept into another bit of a, uh, a downturn, if you will, in the NHL news wheel as most of those free agents are off the boards, and now we just get to sort of speculate as to what the next season might look like. Yeah, it's all, and I mean, Bob and I talked about it a lot today on, on Oilers Now, and could there be a partial schedule, and then they see what happens, and and all that kind of stuff. And, and I still wonder if it's a shortened season if they expand the playoffs. I don't know if they'd like to go up to 20. I don't think they'd go to 24 again, because Bettman has said he likes 16, but there maybe there's a push for 20, especially if you're stuck in in a geographical, basically mini league where you never play anybody else, right? Like if you're the Oilers and you only play the Canadian teams for 60 games, so it's 10 times against each team where they might say, okay, we got to let five teams instead of four in. Lanny has texted in. He says, Reed, I may have missed the discussion on this, but is the strategy of the general manager to defer re-signing nudes so they won't have to protect them in the expansion draft? No, because uh, the expansion draft would be before free agency. So even if you haven't re-signed Nuge, you would not lose him. You would not want to lose him in the expansion. Am I explaining that part? You still have to protect him even if he's a pending free agent. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. And I see what you're saying there. So if you're thinking back to the Vegas expansion draft, that was right around the actual draft time, right? So that was sort of end of June. Uh, and contracts theoretically are still up on July 1st. So uh, to me, there's no way that it gets to this point. And I know that uh, there's a pretty good functioning relationship between, you know, RNH's party and, and, and seemingly the, the team and the people that need to put his name on paper. So right now there's a mutual interest. And to that end, I don't think anyone needs to worry about Nuge going anywhere at this point. No, but, well, I don't think so. Between but... now and then. Yeah, but I, but I understand what is La- why Lanny's asking that. But yeah, be, being a free agent doesn't affect whether or not you need to be. Because here's the thing. if So Lanny, if, if the expansion draft is June 20th and free agency is July 1st, 
if Seattle picks a free a free agent, they take the contract. So then he would still be a free agent. Uh, or, or is that what Lanny is? Maybe that's what Lanny is saying, that if they leave him as a free agent, Seattle wouldn't pick him. But then either either way, they if you so Lanny, I think Lanny's saying you could protect an extra guy, leave Nuge unprotected. Seattle wouldn't pick him if he says it's no secret I'm going to resign with the Oilers. Maybe that's what. But I I don't think the again I don't think the Oilers would let it go that far. I think they'd resign him and know he's going to be here. I th- I think that's what maybe you're thinking, Lanny. I don't know. Lanny will write back. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's Lanny's thinking way deeper than I am tonight. That's okay. Uh, Brett Escott joining us today. What did you, what did you think of the afternoon football game? Like Kansas City, they put up a lot of yardage. They didn't get a ton of points, but they put up a lot of yardage. Uh, that was definitely not the type of football I expected to see played between those two teams. I mean, you had the number two ranked passing yards leader in Josh Allen, and you had the number four ranked passing yards leader coming into this game in Mahomes. And then it starts raining, and, and the rookie Clyde Edward Delaire breaks off 170 some odd rushing yards. You know, so uh, just another uh, another statement by the Kansas City Chiefs that they are are the team right now in the NFL until somebody proves otherwise. But, Reed, I will say, I have uncovered quite a few more Bills fans in this region than I anticipated at any point. I don't know how you cheer for that team, but I'm a lowly Texans fan, so maybe I should just plead a fifth there. But the Bills are having an incredible season, and I think a lot of that goes to the risk that they took with the, with Josh Allen picking them as high as they did in the draft. And he's uh, he's made a payoff for the Pagulas, for sure. Uh yeah, the Chiefs are still the team to beat. I mean, they've beaten the Ravens. The, well, the Bills, you got to remember, there was a time when not every NFL game was readily available on TV. And Bob and I were talking this. And here in Edmonton, we got a lot of Seattle games. Sometimes you get a lot of Denver games. And then you might get a lot of Buffalo games. And Buffalo, don't forget, was pretty good 30 years ago, which I know for you doesn't exist. But <laughs> there's be some people around my age who maybe um, then, you know, would have been watching football and seen the Bills go to four straight Super Bowls. That, that is okay. And Lanny's written back. That's what he means, that the Kraken would not draft a pending free agent. Okay, so that's what Lanny means, that the Oilers don't sign Nugent Hopkins, but I guess have an agreement that he is going to sign with them. And then the Oilers don't protect him in the expansion draft, so they can then protect somebody else that they might have left available. And But then the Kraken don't take Nuge because Nuge and his agent make it public that they're just going to sign back in Edmonton. All right, that's what Lanny is thinking, which... I give, but I, again, Lanny, I just don't think anybody's going to let it get to that point or risk. And the NHL might, I don't know, would they frown on that? If a there player so had a many contract but didn't deals. actually have a contract? When you think back to the Vegas expansion draft, Reed, I mean, like how many teams were were involved in pre-draft day deals? Well, that's even true. Even draft four <laughs> deals with, with George McPhee when all that was going on at that time, right? So there's so much in flux. But the one name that I have definitely heard the most floated around as far as who the Oilers may stand to lose in that expansion draft is Caleb Jones. Um, well, and I guess it would depend what's going on with Tyson Berry too, right? Mm-hmm. 
which because might depend on what goes on with Oscar Kleffbaum. So right now it just seems like there's a lot of balls in the air that it, it's, we're back to speculation city, it seems, you know, for the Oilers on, on that front anyway, particularly on the back end when you think about if this surgery does end up, you know, costing Kleffbaum a significant chunk of time. And then you've got to wonder as a, as a defenseman and a defensive-oriented defenseman, remember he was up there and, I think he led the league in blocked shots last season, as a matter of fact. You know, you don't, you don't replace that with Tyson Berry, unfortunately. So uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of breath holding, certainly, around this premise until, until that gets officially uh, released, I suppose. All right. Well, we're we're looking way ahead. That's that's where we are. We're, we're getting <laughs> texts about the expansion draft, which of course would be after the upcoming season. Lanny, thanks for inspiring some conversation. Brendan, thanks for checking in tonight, buddy. Enjoy the rest of the football game. Appreciate the time, Reed. Thanks. That is uh, Brendan Esco. I didn't even ask him about the AJHL stuff. We'll do that next time because he also does the play-by-play for the Short Park Crusaders. It is 7:18. We'll bring in Morley when we get back. and a half minutes left in the first half Arizona up 14 nothing on the Dallas Cowboys Uh, Dallas kind of struggling to get much going here and earlier Kansas City wins again 26-17 over the Buffalo Bills as we wrap up week six in the National Football League I I don't know what week it would have been in the CFL I don't go and look at the schedule to find out but we do have the EE football team coaches show coming up at 730 with Scott Milanovic and Morley Scott who joins us now Morley old boy how have you been I'm good Reed how are you I'm doing okay Uh, I miss uh, seeing you and hanging out in the sports bullpen and some of our conversations but thanks for uh, checking in on the show how's how's the family doing how's the how's the little guy Everybody's doing great. The little guy's doing uh, fantastic. He was over at the house the other night for his dad's uh, birthday dinner and uh, and his mom's birthday dinner, for that matter. They're just born a week apart, way back in the day. But yeah, he's doing great. Starting to, uh, as as a true guy who comes from you know my family, he's starting to. Re- I, I really enjoy watching him learn about foods. And <laughs> I've I've seen him I've seen him have his first taste of Jello and his first taste of pumpkin pie uh, on uh, on Thanksgiving, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to see kids that age. He's like. Seven months now and kind of discover the taste buds and go oh this is this is pretty good i like this okay well that's that's good to hear he's a growing boy already <laughs> yeah indeed indeed uh scott milanovic you guys are sounding great he's obviously a really interesting guy to know is he but he's 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 still in the states he hasn't been able to come up yet yeah, he has been up a couple of times. Um, okay. Once was back in January, and then I believe once was during free agency, I think. Uh, and, and but pandemic, with, but since pandemic, he hasn't been able to come up. Yeah, no, he's been he's been okay. in Florida where he's been hanging out and uh, with his family and his wife and his two daughters. So yeah, uh, he's been there and uh, doing his work uh, via Zoom meetings with all the coaching staff and and players and spend a lot of time on the phone with players. And as we kind of as we kind of joked with him, uh, I think it was on week one of uh, the double E coaches show uh, i know coaches well enough to know that they they draw play after play after play after play and then crumple up the paper and throw it away and then drop it draw it up again and make it better right so i imagine he's done a ton of that he's reworked the playbook i'm sure a couple of times um, it's, it's got to be tough you know players want to play uh but coaches want to coach too so it's this is tough on the coaches too as they uh, you know and, and they're kind of doing their thing and i think it's a that's a whole interesting take 
in all of the world of sports, you know, from from guys at, at uh, say, Canada West level at the U of A to, to CFL coaches uh, to, to those minor league coaches that, you know, saw their teams have their season shut down in March and haven't played since, just to see how they're working and what they're doing and how they're keeping their players engaged and involved in, in what's going on around them to make sure that everybody everybody's ready to go because especially when you think about possibly minor league hockey and, and junior hockey i mean it's gonna when it starts it's gonna be a thousand miles an hour right you're gonna get right into it and get going after a long long layoff so uh, i it kind of intrigues me to, to talk to coaches about what they've been doing and how they've been keeping their players engaged yeah i'm looking forward to it morley Th- and you're a steelers guy right they're looking good I- I am. They're looking real good. Uh, that man, their defense is good. I love what they did to Cleveland yesterday. Uh, uh, they, you know, they came up. The Browns thought they had a chance, but they didn't have a chance at all. 17th straight loss in Pittsburgh for Cleveland. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to watch that entire game. I'd lost interest by halftime. Have a good show, Morley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coach is a Steelers. Coach Milanovic is a Steelers fan, too, because he's, he's from that area, of course. Oh, right. Well, you guys will have a lot to crow about in the next half hour. <laughs> that is Morley Scott, Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic coming up after the 7.30 news. Thanks to Gene Principe, Brendan Escott, John Krasinski, who remembered Sid Hartman, and we had uh, Doc Emmerich's essay about retiring after 50 years of doing play-by-play. Pretty incredible story. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. I'll talk to you at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Take care, everybody. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.